Hello, hello, hello. Welcome one and welcome all to episode number 105 of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer. We have a lot of good stuff to get to on the show this week. A lot of stories that have caught my eye, so we'll get right into it. Starting off with the Olympic Games. We've been covering it for the last two weeks on OutSports. We've done some great work, if I may say so myself. Always great to see our team come together in big moments like this with at least 36 out athletes competing. Brittany Bow medaled for the first time for Team USA. Yay, that's great. Timothy LaDuke, the first non-binary figure skater. They performed on Friday. Yay, that's a great story. So, as always, there's a lot of positive news from an athletic standpoint to come out of the Olympics, especially as it pertains to out LGBTQ athletes. But unfortunately, the big story this week, and undoubtedly the story of the Olympics, is what's happened with phenom Russian skater Kamila Valieva, who is 15 years old. And that is definitely not an insignificant part of this story. A quick synopsis. Just to set the table here, Valieva, we found out last week, tested positive for a banned substance. The test was administered in December. However, the results, curiously, were not made public until last week. Huh. So she was allowed to go to Beijing. She was competing. Then we find out about her positive test. And the Court of Arbitration for Sport still allowed her to compete. And it defended its ruling by saying removing Valieva from competition would have severely impacted her mental health. But as we saw Thursday, it's apparent allowing her to skate only exacerbated her anguish. And there's a lot of angles to this. I do want to get to the Johnny Weir angle in a moment. Give that man an Emmy already. His commentary was superb on this all week long, especially Thursday when he was translating Russian in real time. But my main takeaway in this Valieva story is how the adults around her have completely failed her. She is a 15-year-old girl. Is it possible that she knowingly was taking a banned substance? Of course. Do I think that's what happened? No. I think that her handlers, her trainers are feeding her all sorts of drugs. She's training night and day. Here, take this, take that, take these pills. She's 15 years old. She doesn't second guess the adults in the room and they failed her and they put this in, and they put her in this horrible situation. They put other skaters for the Russian Olympic Committee in this horrible situation as well. Two skaters from Russia medaled on Thursday and neither of whom could enjoy their moment. In fact, one of them, Sasha Trusova, who won silver, was screaming to her coaches that she can't see this, meaning what's happening with Kamila Valieva. And then she kept saying, I'm not going. I'm not going up to the podium. Just a, a, a sad, sad, harrowing scene. Everybody was overshadowed, especially because... The ruling was that while Camila Valieva was allowed to compete, if she medaled, and she did throughout the week, there would be no medal ceremony because we don't know if the results are valid or not. So not only was Valieva punished, but everybody else was punished as well. All these women figure skaters who have worked their entire lives to get to this moment, and then they get there and they medal, and they're not allowed to celebrate. 
because Camila Valieva has been allowed to skate, and if she meddled, they don't want to, uh, you know, they, 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 you know, they're gonna see what the re- see, wait and see what the results are, and not celebrate it in that moment. So just, just horrible. A horrible story, a shameful story that makes you feel gross about the whole thing. I mean, is this really? What the Olympics have come to, and we've had doping scandals for decades, East Germany, USSR, go on down the line, but this is a 15-year-old girl, and she's taking a banned substance, again, probably without her knowledge or consent. It's just gross, and it's analogous in a lot of ways to what we've seen here in the U.S. with the young gymnasts who are preyed upon, Larry Nasser, uh, you know, they're intensive and rigorous and draconian and at times I would say inhumane training regimens and schedules they are taken advantage of just like these young Russian figure skaters are taken advantage of and it makes you wonder what kind of perverse society do we live in where these young girls like 15 years old young girls can't even drive yet here in the U.S., and they are on the Olympic stage, training night and day. You saw the coach's reaction to Valieva after her error-laden performance Thursday, reaming her out, not expressing any sympathy or empathy for what she's gone through. I can only imagine the mental anguish on her over the last week plus, but then after that performance, instead of consoling her, you yell at her, and you say, what happened? What happened? And she's crying, bursting into tears. She's inconsolable. Just a gross, gross scene. And I want to give credit to Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski, who did a great job with their commentary all week long on this very delicate situation. Because again, Camila Valieva is 15 years old. So this is not just as simple as we have an athlete who doped, athlete is bad, ban him or her or they from competition. No. This is a 15-year-old girl, so she shouldn't have been competing, absolutely, but you have to still have some empathy for her, which they did uh, Which they did bring to the telecast. You know, Johnny Weir, I think, summed it up well when he said the court that ruled to allow Camila to escape in this competition was worried about the ramifications of her mental health of not competing in this competition. I wonder what they're thinking now as to what just happened to Camila Valieva. Tara Lipinski said, it makes me angry that the adults around her weren't able to make better decisions and be there for her. Because she is the one now dealing with the consequences and she's just 15 and that's not fair. Absolutely. Her trainers, her handlers are the one who put her in this spot and she's the one who has to be the face of doping on the international stage. She's the one who breaks down in tears after a performance Thursday. She's the one who gets reamed out by her coaches over something that I highly doubt she even knew she was doing. It's sickening. It's disgusting. It overshadowed the games, and it just... Russia shouldn't even be allowed to compete anyway. Because you remember, they had a doping scandal back in Sochi several years ago, and the IOC ruled that, oh yeah, you can't have the Russian flag there. We'll call you the Russian Olympic Committee. Oh yeah, that's a real punishment for them. Who cares what they're called? They're still there. They're still winning medals for their country. 
So Team Russia or the Russian Olympic Committee, whatever we want to call them, shouldn't even be allowed to be there right now. So that even further exacerbates this horrible story. Uh, I read a great article in the Boston Globe this week from Dan Shaughnessy, legendary sports columnist. He was looking back at the Boston 24 fiasco several years ago here in Boston, my great home city. Uh, We were preparing a bid to host the 2024 Summer Games. We pulled out. The games have been awarded to Paris, which I'm sure will be a much better experience than Beijing. But, you know, the point was that, boy, Boston really dodged a bullet, did it not? From a cost standpoint, a logistics standpoint. And Shaughnessy says, rooted in ancient Greece 3,000 years ago, the seven Olympic values are friendship, excellence, respect, courage, determination, inspiration, and equality. He writes, unfortunately, these ideals have been compromised. In 2022, the Olympics core values present as greed, corruption, censure, gluttony, commercialism, cheating, and apathy. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. And you have Thomas Bach, head of the IOC, criticizing Russian officials for what happened with Kamila Valieva. That's a face-saving move. The IOC has been in bed with China throughout this whole process whitewashing their gross human rights abuses, again, allowing Russia to compete despite its own doping scandal dating back to the Sochi Games in 2014. And now you're, I mean, please, save me the moralizing if you're Thomas Bach and the head of the IOC. So that's going to be the takeaway from these games. We'll see what happens going forward. I'm not confident much will change. I mean, we've seen this time and time again. We've seen young girls being preyed upon, sexually preyed upon in the case of the gymnasts and Larry Nasser. Uh, you know, just we, we've seen the corruption. We've seen them in bed with authoritarian, with authoritarian regimes time and time again. I just have no faith that's going to change. And it's a real shame because the Olympics on their whole should be sports in its purest form. And they just aren't. And that has to do with the IOC and all of their evil. So that's that. Uh, but I mentioned there are still some good stories, such as Timothy LaDuke, first non-binary figure skater in Olympic history. Congrats to them. Uh, so Gus Kenworthy wraps up his Olympic career this weekend. Sid Ziegler has a good column on Outsports about what an icon he is. Uh, so that's it. That's my Camila Valieva take. Just, it's, and and believe me, I'm not a passionate women's figure skater follower, but I am passionate about corruption and organizations just completely failing its athletes. And in this case, it's very young athletes. And that's exactly what has occurred here. A story that we've been following for the last several months will continue to follow is Leah Thomas. She was in competition this week. She won the Ivy League championship, becoming the first out trans athlete to do so. Next up for her are the NCAA championships. We'll see if she's allowed to compete. Uh, That story... The ugly part there remains the anonymity. uh, Teammates for Thomas, teammates expressing uh, skepticism about Thomas and her ability to compete. Nobody feels comfortable putting their names to their opinions. Those in favor of those who support Leah Thomas and her right in her in her in 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 her place on the team probably don't want to name themselves because they don't want to be trolled by Fox News and OutKick and the New York Post and the Daily Mail and all these anti-trans publications and have people go after them. It's a messy debate. You don't want to involve yourself in it. And those who are skeptical about Leah Thomas similarly can't speak out due to fear of harassment. So it's an ugly, 
ugly situation. And again, ultimately, Leah Thomas is is the victim here. I mean, she didn't choose this. She's a transgender woman. She transitioned. She followed NCAA rules to the T. This is not her fault. And yet she is painted as the villain here, which is also a shame because the real villain are the people who have not updated their policies. The real villain are the people who have not led on this issue, including the NCAA, just kind of leaving Leah Thomas out there to hang. So that's that. But she still gets it done in the pool, winning the Ivy League championship this week. So we had a triumph for Leah Thomas. We have a breakup for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and his girlfriend, actress Shailene Woodley, broke up this week. Uh, Shailene Woodley is a very interesting woman. You know, it's how Rodgers the last couple years has had really mangy long hair. He looks like he hasn't showered in quite a while. Well, that has to do with her. She is one of these people. She does not even buy bottled drinking water. She prefers to get her water from the natural stream. She doesn't use soap. She's all natural all the way. So, woof, that house must reek. Hmm. Well, maybe Rogers got sick of that. <laughs> Either way, him and Shailene Woodley have broken up. Lots of gossipy reports on this. Woodley felt ignored throughout the relationship, according to reports. We had another, we had another Rogers X to the long list of them. Olivia Munn, Danica Patrick. They keep piling up. And whenever we have an Aaron Rodgers breakup story, the gay jokes start flying. The gay rumors come out again. When is Aaron Rodgers just going to come out? I say first, if Aaron Rodgers is gay, he has to clean up that hair and throw away his copy of Atlas Shrugged. Not welcome in our community if you're walking around with Ayn Rand. I'm kidding, of course. Kind of. Uh, So that's number one. But number two is, you know, I have two thoughts with this. Number one, I think a lot of the people who throw around the Aaron Rodgers gay jokes are doing it as jokes. You know, they're just joking around. And Aaron Rodgers, especially over the last year, has become a very divisive cultural figure. So that adds to the fun too. So I get that a lot of these are just jokes. And I think ultimately pretty harmless jokes. But there is still that hidden meaning behind these jokes, where, like, being gay is still something to be ashamed of. You know, Aaron Rodgers just come out already. Aaron Rodgers is gay. We all know that. And it makes it seem like that's something that he's hiding. It's something to be ashamed of. It's something to make fun of somebody for, which, of course, is not the truth. (laughs) It's, as I always say, being gay was the best choice I've ever made. But... It's, uh, it shows that despite all the progress that we make and all the acceptance that we have in the sports arena, there still is that thing out there, right? There's still that perception out there that, uh, you're gay. That's, you know, the gay jokes, the gay rumors flying. It's, it's, it, it, it lends the message that this is something to be ashamed of. And if Rogers is gay, it's nothing to be ashamed of, but The rumors persist and it's just, I don't love the connotation that comes attached whenever these accusations are made. I didn't love it when Mike Piazza was called gay in the early 2000s, when Troy Aikman has been called gay. And then it sets up this really odd scenario where they then have to defend their heterosexuality, which Rogers did several years ago to a nauseating extent. 
I mean, and then, and then I'm like, well, so people do think you're gay. So what? I mean, they're not calling you a serial killer. They're calling you gay. Why are you so offended by that? It's an ugly cycle. And unfortunately, uh, Aaron Rodgers' latest breakup shows us that uh, the cycle may not yet be broken. So that is what I have for you this week. I think a passionate edition of the Sports Kiki. As always, if you have any guest ideas, show ideas, find me on Twitter. My DMs are open against my better judgment. At AlexRemer1 is my username. That again is at AlexRemer1. I will not have a show for you next week. Yes, hard for me to say that. I loathe to miss an episode, but I will be away in Miami, actually, next weekend. Kicking a long weekend. Finally getting out of this New England cold. So, no show next week. Pains me to say it. We'll be back in two weeks, refreshed, tanned, and better than ever. So long, everybody. Talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks, as always, for listening.